you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to a new edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact and I got the Vegas Bad Boys here with me. And welcome to Three Counts. We have three good topics for you. And um, we're going to get down and let us know what you think. It's time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents... One, two, three. Count Talk. Don't talk, baby. Let's get started. Here's the first one. This comes from WrestlingNews.co. Title, Why Some People in WWE Are Refusing to Get Vaccinated. The story reads like this. There was a note on Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio on the status of vaccinations in WWE. And as the company prepares to go back out on the road next month, they want everyone to get vaccinated. Now, most people in the company have gotten their vaccine shots, but there are some who are refusing to do so, and their beliefs is that they cannot be forced to do so. Now, Meltzer said, quote, most people are, but there are people in both NXT and on the main roster who have not been vaccinated. The company wants everyone to, but some of them don't want to, and that's that. So it's not everyone, and I was told from NXT that there are guys who believe that the company can't force them to do it, and they are not going to be forced they're the minority, but in fact, there are people who are not vaccinated in NXT, but most of the people are in quote. Now, to add what, Mel- what Meltzer said, he says, I've heard from a couple of people in the company who say that they have not been vaccinated, but they intend to do so by July. And the feeling among the people I spoke with is that they wanted to take, quote, wait and see, end quote, approach to see how people's bodies react to the vaccine before taking it themselves. And thus far, we've heard nothing about bad reactions. And everyone in WWE who has been vaccinated is said to be doing fine. It sums up the article by saying, with that being said, there are others who are not been vaccinated, have no intentions of doing so. I know of one person who was very careful during the pandemic and always wore a mask, but is refusing the vaccine because of their belief and that there's not enough data to uh, to know what the long-term side effects might be in a few years from now. All right, let's jump right into it, guys. Uh, there are some, not many, most people or most of the talent are vaccinated, but there's a few that aren't, and they're saying, hey, I have my own reasons. I either, you know, don't want to see what the results are, are going to do for the bodies first, or uh, I want to wait and see, or whatever the case may be. Let me jump over to you, Simon Street. What is your take on this, finding out that there's a few, despite the fact that their job is saying that you need to be vaccinated? What's your take on this? Uh, well, you know, well, first and foremost, it's, it's we, we knew this was going to come up. 
I know we talked about this many, many, many months ago. And we knew at some point with vaccinations rolling through, there was going to be this impasse to where people are going to have to figure out, do they want to go ahead and get vaccinated and, you know, continue to work? Or were they going to fall on their, their beliefs and principles? And first and foremost, I believe that if you believe that, you know, uh, against vaccinations, by all means, go for it. Don't do it, you know. But you also have to kind of look at the bigger picture, too, because um, jobs can, uh, in some places, require you to get vaccinated based on the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And if they do write that into policy, unfortunately, you are faced with that situation of, hey, you know, I got to feed my family, you know, or you know, make a living. Is that something I want to do? Are there other options? So um, I do believe that for some of the ones, uh, it's going to be a hard journey for them. It's going to be something where they're going to have to make that decision and um, whatever it's going to be. I hope, I hope, hope they're looking up options. That's all I can say. Cause <laughs> it ain't going to be just the wrestling business. That's people are facing. You need to get vaccinated. It just is what it is. I mean, Sin City, Steve, the bottom line is, is that, um, uh, this sickness has not gone away and, you it's it's still can be transmitted to others if you're out in the ring um even if most of the other wrestlers are vaccinated you can still pass that over to them and they even can still pass that over to someone they know even in their family who maybe didn't get vaccinated you know unless they're planning on putting an acrylic uh sign across the entire ring when they start these shows as they're getting beat over there in the corner um, you know, there's a good chance that something can happen with that because we know that fans are no longer even wearing masks anymore. It's a lot of risk there. Why do you think that there's, um, you know, that you have uh, some of the talent that won't do what is truly best for the business and instead just really taking this approach that this is where I stand and that's it? <clears throat> I think that people are making the decisions that they truly feel are in their own best interests, whatever those interests might be. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that anybody should be coerced or compelled into taking a vaccine if they 100% do not do not see the benefits of it. That's my stance on that. Okay. Let me ask you. I under I oh. under I, I understand mm-hmm. I understand the. Um, I understand the stance that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very sensitive issue. Yeah, it is. It is an issue of health, and it is an issue that we all have to, no pun intended, wrestle with. Um, and ultimately, no one should make that decision for someone else. Mm-hmm. Now, if they, uh, if an employer chooses to uh, mandate that, then obviously that employee has to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I firmly believe that uh, the individuals that are say, uh, stating that they will not get vaccinated, um, I believe that they are intelligent enough to weigh the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. And I firmly believe that they will make the decision that is in their own best interests. 
Understandable. Before I jump over to you, Matt Michaels, um, John from our chat said that the military is about to require vaccination uh, like our yearly flu shot. He also said that the San Francisco Giants require vaccination proof for the attendance of a home game. And also the Foo Fighters are requiring vaccination proof for the upcoming concert in Southern California. So let me just go right over to you, Matt Michaels. What's your take on this here? And that, you know, the majority of the people, uh, the talent saying we got it done. Um, you know, this is something that needed to be done and we got it done. But you still have a few that says no way am I'm going to do. Where do you think that's going to lead them in terms of their sort of employment with WWE or even if WWE keep them, maybe the fact of not really using them because of uh, their stance on that. Um, what's your take? Well, my take is uh, very simple. Until we see the names of these people, we won't know if the WWE will use them or not. If it's Roman Reigns, Oh fuck! He, he exactly not going to be vaccinated. <laughs> That's it. So it all it all comes down to um, where you lie on that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, the NFL is having the same issue right now. That's coming up. There are players who just won't get vaccinated. So that's you know that's the thing. Here's here's it's interesting in the sports world. All the major uh, companies, all the major uh, federations, whatever you want to call them, uh, they have of the four major sports, they all have unions, right? So it would be harder to implement a vaccination policy because of the unionization. You have to go through all the different steps. You have to get approved, et cetera, et cetera. On the flip side, with wrestling, you're a contracted employee. So if they flip the switch and go, okay, we're requiring now as part of your physical, then um, you're looking at people who will have to make a decision if they want to sit out and, um, you know, probably not get paid until they're willing to come around to it. So um, I think, I think the best solution is simple. They're talking about the Olympics and how um, basically the uh, Olympic Committee, um, you know, overseeing the games uh, wants to put limitations on, you know, so they keep it a little bit of a bubble because Japan's having so many problems with the, uh, the high case rates. And one of the things they said that they were thinking of is uh, telling the athletes uh, there's no drinking. Okay. And they said, of course, you know, we can't stop them from drinking in their rooms, but, uh, you know, bars, that kind of stuff, the, the commonplace drinking to stop the, the spread of the virus. If you tell wrestlers that there's no drinking unless you're vaccinated, everyone will be vaccinated by 5 p.m. the next day. All facts, brother. All facts. Yeah. In fact, um, one of the people here in our chat, and um, I guess you could, his name is uh, Topher, he just says, I, I've always wondered if people's opinions of vaccines are changed if their political party is or is it in office. So very interesting um, thought there. And, of course, Shant jumped in and says, says, says uh, that he is vaxxed and he doesn't have any long-term side effects. But then again, with his immune system, it's much different than others. So your choice is if you want to get vaccinated or not. 
So you know what? Uh, real quick, the only reason why is, it's cool that you said that is because I have a lot of friends who do have a compromised immune system, and one of the things that if you are interested in getting vaccinated, to please make sure that you are partnering with your primary physician because some of those side effects can throw you for a loop. Whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, or you getting the one shot uh, from Johnson and Johnson, uh, definitely you need to consult with your doctor. Okay. Awesome. Let's move over into count number two, which is from ringsidenews.com. And it's titled, Eric Bischoff says AEW isn't in the same universe as WWE. Now, these are his quotes. My opinion is AEW are not competition. They're not even close. They're not even in the same universe in many, many respects. You can't really compare WWE to AEW. AEW has been around effectively for two years. And WWE has been around for 30 or 40 years or whatever it's been. And my point is you can't really compare them and what AEW is doing now, in my opinion, as is MLW, Impact, ROH, is they're taking advantage of and drafting from the massive audience from WWE as created. And there's enough interest in wrestling in general, in large part because of the success of WWE over the decades. And that companies like AEW, Impact, ROH, and MLW, they could come in. And I think more and more MLW is going to be a part of the conversation more than it has been in a while. But all these companies are taking advantage of an audience, but they're not taking anything away from WWE. They're just not. He finishes up by saying when AEW or any other company starts taking market share like I did. I like how you threw that in. Like I did. Uh, like WCW did. Now you got my attention. And until then, everybody's just showing up to the party and taking some free chips. It's not costing WWE anything. Maybe you can suggest that one of the reasons Braun Strowman, for example, was able to negotiate such a big contract was because Vince was afraid he was going to go to AEW. Sure, we covered that. But I think now WWE is at a point where everybody's going, it's cool for AEW. It's good for the business. Everybody loves variety. It doesn't hurt anybody. And they're taking and they're not taking anything away from WWE. And I'm interested to see what happens when people actually start taking market share and they're currently not taking. And he says that was my goal back in WCW. Let me move over to you, Simon Street. Eric Bischoff says that AEW isn't in the same universe as WWE. Do you agree with that statement and what he says? Um, I slightly. Um, I, I agree that AEW, if they're smart, and I think we mentioned it in our, our wrestling talk, that um, if they look at themselves as a, a different option of wrestling uh, entertainment, they'll do well. Um in the perspective of them being in the same universe, yes, as wrestling as entertainment, you know, yes, they're in that same, that, that same spectrum. When people watch AEW, they probably also watch WWE or they have preferences. They pick one or the other. Um, but as far as, you know, are they in the same universe? Uh, I think they kind of are. <laughs> they're both wrestling companies. They're entertaining, hmm. but you know, okay. I hope that they know that, uh, well, I don't think, I think that, uh, what you call it, Bischoff had it just right. I don't think that they're taking anything away from uh, from WWE. I, I honestly feel that just has always been my opinion. I don't think it is. I don't look at their product as a threat. Um, I look at it as someone trying to make the journey, get out of the shadow of what a lot of fans who are smarts want to believe there's this competition when really it doesn't happen. Uh, Matt Michaels. Uh, so, same universe? Or... <laughs> 
different universe. Do you think uh, Eric Bischoff has a uh, a point here? So, you know, what's really funny is, uh, Simon, would you say that ROH is in the same universe as WWE? <laughs> it's, it's just, you know what? The, the thing is, is that what they have is money. That's the that's right now what you're looking at. They have money. So the idea is that really, in all honesty, they're not in the same universe because of what Bischoff said. You have a company that's been around 40 years. They're established. Everyone knows what that product is. And as we talked about on Wrestling Talk, AEW is leaning to, towards to the, that that same mistake that WCW made and that um, TNA made, and that was trying to compete with WWE straight on without having that sense of a, a linear history. You know, um, if, if you're around for 20 years and you've increased that type of interest and share and developed your own talent, et cetera, et cetera, then you're able to sustain it. The only reason WCW was able to make a run at the WWE for 83 weeks, which you should listen to for Mr. Bischoff's program, um, was because that wrestling company before 1994, when they signed Hogan, was an operated company even though it wasn't quote unquote WCW, it had been operating for years and it had a television deal in place for years. So you hire Hogan, you get more attention, you bring in Savage, you get more attention. Luger pops up when you start this new program of Nitro, you get attention. And then you start the NWO thing, which gets huge attention. And then they didn't know where to go. And that's the problem. The problem is, is that you went to compete with them and that you had no plan and it died. And as I'm afraid of, Eric Bischoff put himself on TV. The minute he did that, guess what happened? That was the start of the, the fall of WCW because he was not focused on the, the product. Mm-hmm. He was focused on getting over. Same thing's happening with Tony. Stay off of TV, Tony Khan. Function as the owner and as the mediator of what needs to be done. This needs to happen. That needs to happen. Focus on that, and then you'll build the company. I want to see AEW around more so. I don't care. It's not about competition. It's about staying alive for 10 to 20 years or more so that people have a place to work. You know, and I think he's right. Braun Strowman and others, when you at first had the contracts coming up and everyone was complaining about not only these guys getting resigned, but Vince, you know, taking these wrestlers and that wrestler, he didn't have wrestlers and stuff. You didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know what their plan was, et cetera, et cetera. Now that they've seen what AEW has been doing, they let, they, they, let Strauman go. They bring in new, you know, new uh, a new board of trustees to get this business and model into place, and they let a guy like Strowman leave. You let Alistair Black leave. So 
that says a lot. They're not they're not afraid because in the end, the only thing that will kill the WWE itself is if they sell it to a company that basically doesn't know what the fuck they're doing with wrestling and they want to run it. That's it. Otherwise, it's just going to keep getting run like it's run and people will continue to watch. Let me jump over to Sin City, Steve. Uh, you tell me your thoughts on this, man. I mean, we we know that so many people who are definitely fans of AEW um, was totally into the idea of uh, competition with WWE and and I guess if you if you're I don't know if they feel that way now, but definitely when you had the uh, so-called Wednesday Night Wars, um, you know, and and you always was always hearing, oh look, you know, Dynamite's winning in the ratings. I mean, it was this constant thing, as if they're sitting in the same universe. What's your total take about what Eric Bischoff is saying, and you know what you've seen out here with um, you know with fans and all. I mean, realistically speaking, yes, it is very it, – it, it's fun to pick a team and root for the team. doesn't matter what kind of a sport it's in, whether it's a team sport, whether it's an individual sport, whether it's things like pro wrestling. And, yes, for those of you watching right now and listening right now, professional wrestling is a team sport. Everybody gets dressed in the same locker room. Everybody pitches in. Everybody plays for the same team. So that's realistically my view – on how pro wrestling is a team sport, regardless. Um, at the end of the day, AEW was founded and they said, oh, we're not competition for WWE. In recent months, as I mentioned on Wrestling Talk, they've said that they're not competition for WWE, yet their actions tell a whole different story. Their actions are actions of a company that are trying to compete with WWE. Um, and realistically, I think that, again, as I had mentioned in Wrestling Talk, I think AEW has a bit of an identity crisis right now. Um, they are the, you know, they are the biggest uh, non-WWE promotion in the United States. And the thing that you're going to run into with that is you're going to run into growing pains. You're going to run into an identity crisis where you're trying to grow. You're trying to get more hours of network TV, but it's as of right now, Eric Bischoff makes a bunch of great points. AEW has been in business for two years. They are not on the same plane as WWE. They are not in the same universe as WWE. Um, it's it's one of those things that WWE is there. They are their own entity. No one is even close to where they are. Um, and realistically, if we had the same discussion maybe five years from now, then we may have a different answer. But as of right now, no, they're not competition for WWE. They're not on the same universe. And it's it's really... Um, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a cold splash of water that they're being compared to MLW and impact and ROH, but it's the truth. It's the truth right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the interesting things that you just said, Steve, was the uh, comparison to MLW. And, um, I think it's fascinating because Bischoff brought up MLW as something that's going to get more attention. Why? 
because now they have a network deal. That's the biggest thing. The the reason AEW is even thought as a competitor and the the fan reaction is because they signed with TNT, which ultimately just makes people think of WCW, which is funny because people forget WCW is not an existing company anymore because they were put out of business. So in the end, if you have that network deal and the reason WCW went off to, they, they sold because Turner wouldn't give them time anymore. So that's the thing. And I've said this from the beginning, the biggest thing AEW has to worry about is not competing with WWE. It's making sure that they're doing well enough for Turner to be like, yeah, keep doing it. You're great. Turner just signed the NHL. They're now on TBS coming up here, you know, when NHL season starts next year. That's kind of concerning to me just being so early on. Well, keep in mind, too, um, we've mentioned it on the show before um, that the the person that negotiated the TV deal is no longer with Turner. So obviously, do they look at the NHL as a contingency plan? Do they look at them as a bit of a fallback? Who knows? Um, I, I think that it's definitely telling that they did sign the deal with the NHL, though. All right. Let's go over to our third count. Three. This was also from ringsidenews.com titled Triple H says fans can ruin their experience of WWE NXT. So Triple H has spoken on a conference call to promote the upcoming TakeOver, which... Uh, uh, took place already, and he filled filled a question about fans, where he turned the conversations on their critiques getting in the way of really getting all uh, getting all they could out of the experience. So this is what Triple H uh, says: As NXT has grown, one of the things that has changed, people say, "What is NXT? Is it strictly developmental, and you are looking for everyone to move on, or is it its own brand?" It'll be interesting. It's, it's an interesting place. The criticisms a year or two in, that was a heavy knock on NXT. It was always said, how can I get into this brand? Whenever I get excited about talent, they move on. It kills me for the brand, and I don't like it. It was it was, it was a heavy criticism. That was the, the first three or four years. Then it switched, and the brand changed again. There would be some talent that is in a position for a long time, and they might not fit, uh, fit in different places, or might not go different places. Some talent don't want to leave and expand beyond. But maybe the schedule doesn't work for them physically. Whatever it is, it's funny to me that everyone is so worried about where everyone is going to go or land or how it'll play out long term. How about watch it? Do you like it or not like it? Do you have to say, I like it, but I like this other thing more? Watch it or don't and stop trying to figure out where everything goes. You know, fans ruin their own stuff half the time trying to figure out where everything goes and how, and then search for the thing to find out what it is that can ruin it for them so they're not surprised when it happens. And and to finish, he says, I don't understand that. I'm thrilled with the brand is and where it is. Do I want it to get better? Yes. Do I want it to grow and expand? Yes. People would take this line and use it out of context, but it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm not here to make 
a brand that is around for a few years or a few minutes. I want it to be long term. How is long term? It morphs and evolves. It shouldn't be the same. If the if the same three or four years from now, then we made a mistake. It's just like people you grow. Let me jump over to you, Matt Michaels, on this one just to start it off. Uh, Triple H. I mean, you know, I it's funny when I I would always used to tell people, which is the reason why I don't jump into a lot of the chats and I haven't watched anything. Is that I, you know, I I hate when you know something is being, um, you know, given the results of when I am a person who love to watch wrestling and take what I'm seeing as is first time and to get excited about what I see. You know, I'm I'm not a person that needs to find out. It's funny when you know I'll, I'll mention something like, and you know what, I haven't seen Aleister Black forever, and someone go, oh, you didn't know he was hurt. Well, I don't I didn't read the the blogs or the the sites and I don't you know, I don't go to WWE.com. If it's not said on their network doing while we're watching the show that, hey, Aleister Black or so and so or so and so is hurt, I'm not just going to know. So it's always shocked when people go, you didn't know. No, I didn't know. My bad. I guess that's why I didn't know. Trip what Triple H is saying here. Do you think he's really got a point? I mean, fans really do mess up a lot of, of of their experience of what they're trying to do. And not just from NXT. You could probably say it from any of these uh, organizations. But would you say he's right on point when it comes to that? I think he was – so he was on the call for NXT promotions. So, mm-hmm. And obviously he's in charge of NXT. So I think this was relegated to just in the sense of NXT. Of course, you can say that about other – you know, companies and other, you know, their own programming as well. Mm-hmm. What I find fascinating about this is, yeah, of course, fans, fans do that. They deal with Star Wars, you know, they fucking hated either the first trilogy, uh, you know, the, the prequel or the sequels. Um, and some love just one of three and some will love two of six or whatever. Uh, everyone thinks that they know how everyone should be used, how every story should go, blah, blah, fucking blah. What I find more fascinating is the fact that if you look at the WWE's main roster now, since the time NXT started as the developmental, including the PC and NXT itself, almost 95% of that roster on the main roster are all people who went through NXT at some point. Mm -hmm. So they're doing something right. And even though wrestling fans will uh, give their opinions on NXT, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that they still have more of a hatred towards WWE and look at NXT as a separate thing. Mm -hmm. And they feel that that's a better product than what they're seeing on the main roster because the people they saw at the lower roster are now on the main roster and it's not the same to them. They don't compartmentalize the difference between what NXT was at, you know, not even a, 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 you know, um, at first it wasn't even broadcast then it became the hour show then it got put on tv then it got expanded to the two hours so now it's a bigger brand like you said it's evolving so 
truth of the matter is, is that let's face it, wrestling fans are just self-centered bastards who love to just fucking complain about everything, mainly because they don't fucking do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, let me jump over to you, Sin City Steve, and yeah, I'm just gonna. It's just a. I'm just gonna throw out this question, but you can tie it into what we're talking about here. So maybe it'd be a good idea to keep the uh, Thunderdome, you know, because with that you could control <laughs> <laughs> that narrative from the fans, and you know, yeah, what's your take on <laughs> what 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 you know what was said in here? And, um, yeah, that comment. So, I mean, realistically speaking, to answer your your question right out of the gate, mm -hmm. I think WWE actually could survive and continue to do things from the Thunderdome. Mm -hmm. um, because as we've seen in their earnings calls, they don't need live attendance. <laughs> right. <laughs> realistically, they don't need fans showing up to, you know, for their balance sheets so that oh. they look good on paper. They're already generating billions of dollars without that. Mm -hmm. So realistically speaking, you know, it is what it is. Um, however, yes, it definitely will allow them to, or rather it would allow them to continue to get the reactions that they're looking for. But I genuinely think that the last year and a half that they've been doing shows from the Thunderdome dare I say, has allowed there to be a fair amount of, for lack of a better term, propagandization, mm. um, getting people to give the reactions that they're wanting to get. Um, obviously, you're going to have those people that are going to give different reactions than the, what they're looking for. Great case in point, actually, tonight, with uh, Adam Cole on the NXT, or excuse me, breaking breaking the time space continuum um, <laughs> on Sunday night with the uh, the NXT in your house takeover show. Uh, Adam Cole was cheered, and obviously he's a heel. So you're going to run into that kind of stuff where if fans legitimately want to cheer somebody, they're going to cheer that person. If they want to boo somebody, they're going to boo that person. Um, I think that realistically fans, um, yeah, we are our own worst enemy when it comes to the, this kind of stuff. It's not just pro wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. Michael's hit on that a little bit with Star Wars, but it's not just Star Wars. It's not just entertainment. It's sports. It's anything where you have fans in attendance in a live setting where, hey, if I make enough noise, then I can you know, I can possibly influence something or I can, you know, I can start a wave or I can start a cheer or I can start yada, yada, yada. So you're always going to have that stuff. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, it's, it's about mitigation more than anything. Um, and I think that as a fan, I, I would love for everything to come back. Um, I would love for fans to be in the stands. So do not misconstrue what I said at the beginning of my point um, as me saying, oh, well, I don't want them to have, you know, to tour in front of fans. Pro wrestling needs fans in order to get the best possible reaction, not just from, you know, viewers at home, but for us, for me, for the overall experience. 
Um, it's just ingrained. It's, it's at the core of what pro wrestling is. Um, but I think definitely that fans can ruin a lot of things. Yeah. Um, to tie it in with something that was said in the chat, John made a great point. He said, like James Hetfield once said in response to the fan criticisms that Metallica receives with every album release, I can be the armchair quarterback for the Raiders too every week. <laughs> and that's spot on. Like how many times if you go to a game, do you see people heckling the people on the field or on the ice or on the court? And they're just giving them shit like as if we can do any better ourselves. Right. Newsflash, none of us can. That's why we pay to see them do what they do. So yes. it is what it is. But yeah, we, we as, as fans, yes, we definitely do ruin our own enjoyment of certain products without question. Absolutely. Simon Street, uh, one of the things it said was, you know, there will be some talent that is in a position for a long time and they might. Uh, not fit different places or might not go to different places. Some talent don't want to leave and want to expand beyond. Maybe the schedule doesn't work for them physically. Whatever it is, it's funny to me that everyone is so worried about where everyone is going to go or land or how it'll play out long term. Why is that so important for people to know? And I know, I, I know we've all at times just kind of wondered who's going to be caught up and where they're going to go and how how they would fit and all of that but there are some fans that really take this uh personal <laughs> to a point that when something doesn't happen the way it's they just think it's crap it's shit it's whack it's booboo i don't watch and i'm done what's your take on how triple h mentions this uh this particular part in the article well first and foremost thank you for all the people that lose their shit Every time shit doesn't go their way because you keep me entertained all the fucking time. Every time I hear a rant, somebody going off talking about, oh, my gosh. I, look, breathe, rub on your earlobes and say, Woo-sa, first <laughs> and foremost, we all got opinions. They're like assholes. We all got them. But at the end of the day, how much are you willing to die on the hill on your damn opinion? Like, I like to look at the rap sheets. I like to have an opinion. Shit, Michael's nose. At the end of the day, it's not a big fucking deal. At the end of the day, it's entertainment. You know what I mean? We all entertained. It's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, we like to speculate. You know, but at the end of the day, we don't pay the bills for WWE. WWE pay the bills. And although we could try our best to clamor and have an uproar and pretend like we're going to boycott because a lot of fans pretend to want to boycott the product but flip-flop the next game week and watch the same fucking product. Y'all know who y'all talking about. But at the end of the day, it's fun. It's what fans do. Yeah. Like My Michael says, we fickle as fuck. I added the fuck, but we are fickle. <laughs> Not that big of a deal, man. Calm the fuck down. Breathe. That's all I got to say. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, believe it or not, we have a quick run-in topic. We got to get right to it because... You know, Triple H, he was on this conference call, and apparently he said something else. And I don't know if you guys are going to agree with that. Let's get right into it. CageSideSeats.com. Thunder Rosa responds to Triple H bad take on women wrestlers. And they said that um, Triple H has some very bad answers on the media call ahead of the weekend's NXT takeover in your house. And some of those ill-advised answers involved equality in women's wrestling. Ooh, Simon Street going to really get on this because he's got his new... Uh, 
his new take on his show. But let me keep going. Triple H said that all the best women wrestlers in the world either work for WWE or want to work for WWE. And it's true that some women of the very best women wrestlers in the world do work for WWE. There is nothing inherently wrong with Triple H expressing how proud he is of the quality of the women's wrestling in his promotion. However, it could easily be proven false that all the best female wrestlers in the world would like to work for WWE. All it takes is one counterexample. And that's why Thunder Rosa responded to Triple H's remarks with, The best female wrestlers are not located in one company, not even in one country. They are spread over many companies in many countries, talented women across the uh, the globe. And if Triple H is really arrogant enough to believe that WWE is is the place where the very best women wrestler in the world would all like to work, Rose's message serve as a good reminder that the WWE bubble is not the be all end all when it comes to great women's wrestling. I'll go to you first, Sin City Steve. Is Thunder Rosa right on this when she says that the best female wrestlers are not located in one company and not even in one country? They are spread over many companies and many uh, countries, talented women across the globe. Without a doubt, she's right. But um, I, when I when I read about this and I saw everything happen and all the fallout come from Triple H's comments on this. I didn't necessarily take it in any any sort of a fashion other than him being a company guy. Um, realistically, you know, he is he is extremely high up in the WWE hierarchy. So, of course, he's going to put his own company over. He's going to say that all of the you know top top female talent wants want to work in WWE or already work there. Um, I did not take it as necessarily a slight uh on on women's wrestlers or anything of that nature i took it as him being an over-the-top company shill and i mean that's just how i took it um i didn't i didn't see any kind of like oh well you wrestle somewhere else so that must mean you suck that's not how i took it at all yeah simon street um since city said yeah he's a um says that triple h is a company guy i mean as a company guy do you think you know you should kind of know the the kind of language to use and how things and words uh sentences can get uh uh misconstrued and you can you know have an issue like this do you think this puts triple h in a in a bad light a bad spot uh even if he wasn't saying it the way uh thunder was um making it appear that he was saying it Mm. Slightly. If it was going to happen to anybody, it's better it happens to uh, Triple H because, you know, he's somebody that may listen to some of that versus if it was Vince McMahon, he totally wouldn't have heard it at all, wouldn't give a shit about it. Um, But Thunder Rosa is right. There is a, a huge amount of amazing female wrestlers that people who only watch WWE product don't even know about Momo, uh, Momo, uh, Wanatabi, you know, I mean, the stuff that they're doing over at shine, people don't know about that. There's a lot of people that don't know about that. You know, I mean, you know, they, they, they have tremendous talent and I know WWE, at least triple H is kind of trying to look at that direction to try and get some people, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, um, we haven't quite seen breakthrough 
on AEW, you know, other promotions, countless promotions, indie scenes. So she is definitely hundred percent right on that. I'm going to tell you that right now, but I do think that triple H to answer your question, triple H probably should have known what he was getting into. Cause right now women's wrestling is the conversation and it's no longer just an opinion. It's the conversation. It is a requirement. If you're going to have a successful promotion, you have to be able to um, have that as a, as a as a part of your promotion. You don't have that, and you know maybe just my opinion not going to stack up in, in the long term. So uh, Triple H probably will can't some kind of way, or you know, um, but yeah. It's not as bad. I think I think the public kind of blew this out of the proportion a little bit larger than what it was. I'm glad Thunder Rosa said what she said because she's exactly right. I like I love how she just speaks her mind and and that's what makes her amazing. The truth be told. Um yeah. that's all I can take it from. I, I'm almost with Steve. I didn't see it as a bad bad hundred percent thing. All right, so we got Matt Michaels here. Um Triple H. He said that all the best uh, women Wrestlers in the world either work for WWE or want to work for WWE. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. It's So, if people were truly honest with themselves, um, I wonder how the majority of people would answer that the question of if you had the opportunity that it was given to you, would you work for that company? Um, and, you know, I personally believe that most people would say, yes, they would want to. Could be wrong. There could be that one. But is Triple H wrong in his overall thinking about what he said about this? I mean, most people will definitely say that they're, listen, I brag on uh, Impact's uh, knockouts uh, all the time. But we, at the same time, you know, when it comes to kind of watching some of the top notch in, in, in wrestling, a lot of them, yes, they come from NXT, they come from WWE. That's not shitting on none of the others. Although with AEW, it can shit on. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, had to just throw that in there, Sin City. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but yes, Matt, uh, just to you, uh, do you, uh, is, 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 is he really off point here when he made that comment? So I think you're, you, you hit it kind of on the head. I mean, one of the things that's always said, you know, with guys is, you know, if you didn't get in the business to be headlining a WrestleMania or be the WWE champion, why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and that just, it, it goes to show in terms of, again, we're talking about a company that's been around for 40 years. It's a proven entity to bringing yourself to the next level of recognizability, mm -hmm. right? You become more marketable because you're on that brand. And with women, for years, um, you know, it wasn't the case, right? So what they were able to do was re-basically calibrate 
the whole idea of women's wrestling. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were just lucky to be able to bring in a person like Paige, right? Paige kind of was the first one kind of getting it going. Mm -hmm. And this all came because they were able now to develop it in NXT. And one of the main factors is you had a guy like Dusty Rhodes down there, right? So again, it goes to show that most of your roster right now, except for like Natty and Tamina, I think, I don't know if there's anyone else on the roster who wasn't in NXT. So it was, it was a way to develop the platform. Once the platform got developed, then you had these women break into their own because they have personalities. They have the skills. They have now the equality that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. And the, the biggest difference is basically um, if you look at what he said in terms of all the best women wrestlers are there, everyone on that roster now that Lana's gone is perfectly you know, one of the arguably one of the best women in the world, right? Um, Poor Lana. Where you look at the other companies, you see only you know if AEW right now, if you pulled Britt Baker out of there, you know, mm-hmm. it's like oh okay, you know, they're, they're, um, so it, you know it comes down to just you know. Yeah, of course, if you're in Japan, you might want to stay in Japan, not because you wouldn't like the opportunity, but maybe it's just because you want to stay in your own country. You know, there's more factors to it than simply, you know, the best versus not the best. And I think that it got oversimplified into him saying that means that every other woman who doesn't want to be in the WWE is not good. Right. And that's just not true. And again, you know, you fans are so fickle. <laughs> just wanted to start this as as a fight of, you know, look at look at him, you know. And you know, it is what it is and quite honestly um boy, I, I, I let's put it this way. Um Ruby Riot was caught by surprise that she was let go. Do you think Ruby Riot would not, in a second, if offered a new contract, go, yeah, I'll come back? Yeah. Because she didn't want to go, you know? So um, that, that's what it comes down to. If you're enjoying what you're doing and you're there, and then there, that's also the other thing, too. Let's face it. Again, there's not a lot of spots for all the talent that's in the world. Mm-hmm. So unless you know, unless they're planning on doing uh, all you know, women's show, yeah, you know, and 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 two or three of them uh, every week, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got a good point with that one. But let's start with one. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. I, I mean, the, the all women show would be fine. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I'm saying is like you know there's only so many spots and unless you have three shows a week that can feature all this talent, you know, we were just arguing about Shayna Baszler on wrestling talk and how she was misused. And the fact of the matter is, is that I don't think Shayna is going, boy, I want to get the fuck out of here. Fuck these people. I want to go wrestle for a company that will make me the top person. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might not be the most elegant of the way to say it, but I think more so that he was just referring to the fact that they have the top woman's destination on the planet, especially right. if you're, you know, if you want to potentially look Alexa Bliss. No one's talking about her wrestling ability right now. Right. She's going into other places. Yeah. You know, she's going to be an actress. There's no doubt. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Good stuff, guys. That is our three count. We had that run in as well. We want to thank everybody for listening. We're going to give our final thoughts for the uh, the week. Uh, programming note, we will not have three count on uh, next week because it's going to be the uh, weekend of Father's Day, and um, we will be uh, celebrating that. Either, you know, either us being fathers ourselves, or we celebrating our fathers who are still with us. We'll be um, just celebrating that time. So, uh, with that, we want a three count, but we will have another podcast in place. It'll be a good one. It's always good to check them all out. All right. So, with that, our final thoughts, Simon Street. What you want to tell the good people out there? Thank you, everybody. I just wanted to say personally, thank you, everybody who, who listened to uh, episode one of uh, For the Love of Women's Wrestling. I appreciate it. I'm working on episode two, and hopefully that'll drop very, very soon, sooner than later. Um, and, and also, too, just everybody have a great rest of your week. And thank you for supporting us. Uh, it, you know, we do this for y'all, and we appreciate every one of y'all that, that tune in and listen on the live shows and, uh, you know, listen in to all of the different programming that we have. We really do appreciate you. And we, we, we hear you and we see you. Thank you. No doubt. Uh, Sin City Steve. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We greatly appreciate it. Special shout out to every brave man and woman serving this country on lands, foreign and domestic. You enable us to do this show and everything that we do. So thank you. Uh, last but certainly not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-sports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, energy drink, and general wellness needs. Again, repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. No doubt. Thanks, this City Steve. Matt Michaels, what do you want to tell the good people? Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> also, thanks for hanging out for our chat. We saw all of you. We got your comments. We thank you. We always appreciate you for hanging out in our chats. All right. With that, you all take care, and we will see you when we see you. Peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.